Welcome, everybody, to the Competition Archery Media Podcast, where we explore all things pertaining to competition archery. I'm your host, PJ Riley, and our CAM podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, O'Neill's Classic Archery. For today's podcast, we are in the studio with longtime archery coach Larry Wise. Larry, thanks for being here. Oh, hey, it's great. Great to get down to see you. Talk a little bit of archery. Hey, I always like talking about archery. Yeah. <laughs> You've been a coach, Larry, for how long? Wow, since uh, early 90s. Early 90s. Yes, yeah. Got a call, and uh, my friend, <laughs> friend and brother, uh, MJ Rogers. Okay. Okay. He he said, "Why don't you come up to uh, Lake Placid and and do some coaching with us? Get your coach certification." I said, "Okay." In archery? Yeah. Lake Placid. Yeah, they had uh, uh, level two, level three trainings oh, up there. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was up there several times for that. Did you do some ski jumping while you were there? Ah, uh, I'll tell you what we did. <laughs> you know, it was summer. Yeah. So we we went to the oh bobsled run. And they uh -huh. had bobsleds with wheels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so you sign the document, sign your life away, you know, and, <laughs> and they let you on with a helmet. And, uh, oh, how was that? You, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that was wild. Fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't imagine doing it on ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Well, Larry, you are here specifically today. We're going to talk about all things archery, but we have your new book, Planning to Peak in Archery. Wanted to make sure I got that right. Just out, and before we dive into it, give us the 10,000-foot overview of what this is about. Um, okay, so, yeah, the book's just out. came out uh, early April, and uh, very happy about that. Yes. Uh, the, the book is designed to give the, the archery student the, the basics of the mental game. It's designed to take the mystery out of it because you know <laughs> i most people look at the mental game as some mysterious kind of thing and, Black magic. and only a few people <laughs> have you know some inside view of it you know yeah uh, not the case it's it's all very simple things that everyone can do you know from writing goals right that's part of the mental game uh also how about positive self-talk statements. Everybody can make a list, you know, actually writing it on paper. It's That's not part good of for me to be kicking myself, telling myself how much I stink all the time. No, no, I, yeah, so yeah, we need to talk later and, and we can make you a list of positive self-talk statements, gotcha. right, a written list. And, and that's great to have the list. It's right. more important to use it. So, yes, <laughs> lots of people have a list, but they don't use it. I liked your explanation. We were talking before we started where you said, you know, it says building mental toughness. Right. And explain because you were saying, what is that? Yeah. What what do coaches mean and sports authorities mean when they say, well, you got to be mentally tough, building mental toughness. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other coaches will say to their, their students, keep your head in the game. You got to stay focused. What does that mean? Yeah. Those are, those are undefined terms. And until you define them, you know, like teaching mathematics, until you define the terms, your students don't know what the heck you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah. And so 
what uh, what does mental toughness mean? Yeah, what does so, it mean? So uh, before we get to that. Before we get to it. I, I got a question for you. Okay. All right. I ask all my students this question. Gotcha. So when you're in the middle of a tournament, mm-hmm. okay, so let's say it's a 3D tournament. That's what's going on right now. So you step up to target number nine. Mm-hmm. Right. You've set your sight. So knock the arrow, right? Set your hand, set your posture, raise, draw the bow, anchor. You should be transferring your holding effort into your back. Okay, so, and the aiming begins. At mm-hmm. that instant, what is your objective? What is my What's objective? What's your objective? Yeah. Uh, to hit what I'm aiming at? Okay, so hit an X, hit a 10, hit a 12 ring. Yep. Okay, so that's what most people answer. Okay. All right. Now, that's what happens after the arrow has left the string, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, so you're thinking in the future. Uh Uh-huh. How much control do you have of that arrow after it leaves the string? Zero. Okay, none. So... (laughs) We have your mental focus, you know, what you're assigning your attention to on something in the future that you have no control over. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> so let's backtrack. Let's get to that aiming thing again. Here you are in the midst of aiming. Your back is loaded. And you're beginning to execute the shot. You want to have your mind on that. In the present, mm-hmm. right? So you, you want to be present thinking. Okay. Now, you can think a lot of things in the present. Yeah, yeah. Like, did I remember to put underwear on today? <laughs> Although important. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> okay, relevant maybe not. right yeah. now. <laughs> but that's not going to help you make a shot. Yeah. Not going to help you make this shot. Mm-hmm. So you want to be thinking in the present on the process that you use to execute the release of the arrow. Gotcha. Okay, so we wanna be thinking in the present Mm -hmm. on the process. Now, what is mental toughness? I define mental toughness in in the book as maintaining your present process thinking despite the conditions around you and despite the value you place on the moment. Gotcha. So it's both internal and external forces that yeah. that you're trying to, to work against and maintain this present process thinking. So when I'm saying, man, I really need this 12. Oh, that's, you're screwed right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's usually what happens. Right, right. Yeah, because you're not thinking in the price. Right, right. Right. So you have to know uh, what you have control over and uh, what you don't have control over. And, and that is uh, chapter, let's see. Two or three. <laughs> All right. It's in, interesting in when you say that because I notice – when I do get mad at myself mm-hmm. and then just start thinking, you know, pull, you know, work your hand, and I just think about that, then usually good things happen. It's when yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I need the 12, I need the 12. Oh, yeah, the yeah. 12. yes. And, and then muscles tighten. Uh-huh. 
right? Pin starts Pulse moving. Pulse goes up, respiration <laughs> goes up, or or you stop breathing. You know, you constrict your chest and you're all tight. Yeah, yeah. And so you can't perform the way you do in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh Why are you, where were you 30 years ago? Um, <laughs> I didn't know this thing. <laughs> I, I was doing it, yeah. but I sure couldn't explain it. You know, I had times when I, I did this. Yeah. And uh, when you are able to stay in the present, you know, with the mental toughness, then you get close to this thing called the the zone, you know, as, as written about in Zen and the Art of Archery yep. and yep. so on. Yeah, so that means you're just in the present and staying in the present. Yeah. And time passes without notice. There's so no I'm, past, no future. You're not, you know, what, anxious about or or down on yourself because you shot a six in the end before, all right? <laughs> and you're not worried about, well, can I shoot five more clean targets? See, I'm hearing all this, <laughs> and I'm thinking about me going to league night and getting on the first end and saying, I hope I don't screw any up so I can shoot yeah, a 300. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay, so. <laughs> So when we're done with this session, you see, we have to meet, right? We make you a new plan. Right. Gotcha. So, and that, that gets to the title of the book. Uh, there are a lot of mental skills that people need to develop. Right. We're already using a lot of them. But in planning to peak in archery, uh, I outline how they can write things down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And be disciplined about using them. You know, planning. If you plan, you're going to do better. Right. And if you have a good plan, you'll do even better even than that. Even better than that. <laughs> right. Right. So, did you how long have you been shooting? Oh. Uh, let me see. I'll do a little subtraction here. <laughs> 66 years. 66 years. Yes. And were you competing all that time? No, uh, I was just plunking some arrows in in the back backyard, I guess, in the driveway. You know, yeah, my yeah. parents got me a little bow set thing when I was like eight years old. Nice. Okay, and the neighbors were nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the same neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, but then when I was about twelve, my dad got a bow also, and we were into bow hunting. Uh-huh. But then we started shooting some tournaments, local tournaments, at, well, in the next county, Mifflin County. Mm-hmm. There was Shawnee Archery and Seven Mountains Archery, and uh, south of us there was Perry County Archery, uh, and eventually a club in Juniata County. But, yeah, we competed around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember doing a state target championship up Penn State University. There's buildings in that field now. <laughs> um, yeah, so competed then. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and we bow hunted, always bow hunted. And so competing along, and then, as you mentioned, um, 
someone asked you to go get your coaching certification, was that just like a, a natural extension for you? Or you were a teacher oh, yeah. for years. That's why I was asked. Your you know. profession was? Yeah, so I taught high school mathematics. Right. Uh, everybody's favorite, you know. Of course. Trigonometry <laughs> and calculus, <laughs> you know. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so my friend MJ, you know, because I'd written books and had done seminars and things, okay, it's time to coach. And Julia Bowers Bodie was very significant in in that development as well. Right. Bless her. Yeah. Um, You've written, this is your seventh book, I think you said? Seventh book. Um, All on Archery? All on archery. All on archery. Yes, different okay. aspects. You know, tuning your compound bow was first, and that's still selling. You know, nice. I think we've done over 100,000 copies of that. Really? Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, Mark Twain here. Didn't no, even know no, 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 no. No, I, I, my original publisher, Glenn Helglin from Target Communication, said, I asked him about, well, what style do I have, Glenn? He says, you don't have a style. <laughs> it's, this, it's, it's more like Joe Friday and Dragnet, you know, stick to the facts, the facts. ma'am. <laughs> I would expect that from a math teacher, yeah, though. well, okay. So how does that relate? You know, I would think, I wouldn't necessarily think of a math teacher becoming a writer. Is this like something you like to do, or you just had this well, my, knowledge? <laughs> my freshman college English professor probably thinks the same as you. <laughs> but anyway, I got by that. Yes. Uh, well, I was doing seminars for Sherwood Shock Associates back in 79, 80, 81 on uh, the compound bow. You know, okay. compound bow appreciation seminars. Yeah. And uh, around the country in the summers. Oh, nice. I, I did 45 of them one summer. All different locations. Archery that? clubs or shops. Yeah. Uh, so. What year was that again? 79, 80, Okay, so early years oh, of yeah. the compound oh, bow. Oh, yes. Yeah, because gotcha. he was repping for Jennings compound bow. Gotcha. And he knew that people need to be educated. Just yeah. basics of how the how the bow worked, and so I was the guy, and huh. so from that I I kept getting questions. Is this all written down somewhere? Ah, right. Is this all written down somewhere? No, I should write a book, and so in eighty four, got hooked up with Glenn Helglin, and okay, Larry's going to write a book. And so I wrote a few things, you know, down in first chapter or two, and I went to see, I was smart enough to go see uh, a friend who was English teacher in our building. There you go. I went to see Ginny. And we laughed (laughs) (laughs) as she read, but she laughed and laughed. But her early tutelage got me going, and of course the secret to writing is outlining outline yes. outline outline and then you develop your outline and then finally each note then your outline becomes a paragraph or two right so when you sit down to write it's not hard you don't sit down to write a book you sit down to write a couple of paragraphs about a topic yeah and that makes writing a lot easier 
in my early years, right after college, I took a job uh, editing technical manuals for Boeing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it was actually when they were first coming out with the helicopter with the rotor in the tail. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had to deal with, you know, a lot of engineers and stuff. And, you know, they would come to me. Obviously, these are people way smarter than me. But then they would come in to write. And I was like, oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just well, putting a sentence together. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I did a lot of my first half of my teaching career was uh, eighth and ninth graders in teaching oh, gotcha. algebra and yeah, basic yeah. math. Uh, well, you, you learn communication skills. Yeah down to the basics, right? Uh, you learn how they learn <laughs> and then how to help them learn. Right. Because that's what I'm trying to do. And, and the same with, you know, planning to peak. I'm trying to help people learn to manage their mental skills. So, and planning to peak, so are we talking about, you know, planning to be your best at a tournament? Is that the gist of it, or? Uh, no, I cover uh, all the basic mental skills mm -hmm. uh, and how to plan them and use them. Right. Uh, For whatever. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, like I said, setting goals, mm -hmm. writing goals on paper, uh, planning out your practice session. This is important. It's a mental skills thing. Uh, and then from that, planning a training plan, writing a training plan. So if you have that big tournament in August, so what are you doing in May? And what are you going to do each day between now and then? You know, you need a calendar. You need each block filled in with yeah. something you're going to do to get you there. I shouldn't just go out in my backyard, shoot a couple arrows, and hope for the best. Is well, that's okay. <laughs> you know, if that's if that gives you the fun, right, right, thing, okay. But if you uh, want to win, but if you want more, yeah, you got to plan better, yeah. right? Uh, you got to plan these things and how you plan your practice when you get to a tournament site. That's key. You know, people try to that. do too much. Yeah, like, yeah. like in an indoor tournament, they get, <clears throat> you have a practice day, and so people want to shoot a whole practice round. Just, you know, okay, and so they miss a couple. Well, what's their frame of mind now? Yeah. Oh, they're really bummed out. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Or they're going to try to... to Prepare for a miracle the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my plan. <laughs> okay, so we don't want to have a miracle. No, no. You have to know, and if you kept good notes and planned all along, you know your real average. Right. And so you're planning to shoot your average the next day. So what can you do to help yourself? Uh, you can practice getting started in a round. You practice, you know, two practice ends and roll into two scoring ends. And there are things that you need to focus on in your practice ends that help you get your first couple of scoring ends under your belt. That's what uh -huh. you can do the day before that yeah. really helps you. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you do that, you shoot those few, few ends, take a half hour break, 
do it again. Gotcha. Take a half hour break, do it again. Yeah. And so getting started is a natural thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I start off bad, it just goes worse from there. But if I start off good, it, yeah, then it can still yeah, go people, bad, but at least yeah. not for a while. Yeah, and people focus the wrong thing on the first two practice ends of their official round. They're trying to get holes right in the center of the 10 ring. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We need to control your body. We need smoothness. Just get your We shot. need to control yeah. our breathing. Right. And our positive self talk statements. <laughs> Man. Larry, I should have talked to you a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I should have written this a long time ago, shouldn't I? <laughs> so, how does that? So, I'm thinking about what you're saying, and I'm thinking about archers, pro archers that I've talked to. And, and yeah. I've always found it interesting that some people in their practice, they're like, Ah, uh, you know, if if I'm good to go, I only need to shoot a couple arrows. But then there are those archers who are like, I have to shoot like 500 ar- arrows every day, or I lose it all. Right. You you have to know yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know what your personality type is and and what you need. But uh, just letting it happen is not nearly as good as planning. You know? uh-huh. And, of course, my theme throughout the book is plan your work, work your plan. Uh-huh. And then decide, well, I can make my plan better for the next tournament if I do this and this. Oh, gotcha. Okay. See? Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing you're not as focused on score. Score is kind of the a gauge out there, but you can have yeah. a good score and uh, not be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Shoot yeah, and score, poorly. yeah, you can have your best score you ever shot and not win the tournament. Right, right. So you have to have that all in perspective, right? So it's great to have that result-oriented type of goal, all right? So uh, I want to shoot this score, you know, 3D tournament. So I want to shoot a 420. Okay, write it on a card, put it on the refrigerator. Don't look at it till you get home. Now, you need another card that focuses on a process goal. Okay, so what has been your weakness? Has it been the bow hand? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And... Your goal is I'm going to execute with a proper bow hand 95% of the time. You see, then at the 3D tournament, what you have to do after each shot, you have to get this card out and you write down a plus or a zero. Gotcha. If you executed with a proper bow hand, put down a plus sign. And at the end of the tournament, you can grade yourself, you know, an actual grade, you know, a numerical grade. Yeah. And and not just, well, I think I shot better. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because that doesn't doesn't get the job done. Right. And that's probably your, I would think, if that were me, that I would only base that on my score. Right, yeah. Which. So when somebody asks you, well, how'd you shoot today? Yeah. 
you you don't say, well, I, I executed my process that I'm working on 95% of the time. Yes. No. No. <laughs> you give them the score. No, I only had a 396, you know, you know. I shot a 3D tournament. 40-yard bear just killed me, you know. I shot a 3D tournament last weekend, and as you're telling me this, I'm thinking my score was okay. In my head, I know I shot poorly. <laughs> it did okay. not. I know what was there <clears throat> and what I should have been able to do. And the score was okay. It was average, but I did not shoot well. Yeah, yeah, you didn't feel good about your shots. No. We'll see if you had your card there. And that process that you were working on, you would have a number. Yeah. Okay. And was this better than last week's number on the same process? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so you know, there's so many th simple things that everybody can do to help themselves with their mental game. Right. Yeah. It's not this mystery of what the champions think, that they have some secret. No secret. Yeah. They're able to stay in the present with their process better than the next guy. I've heard Brady Ellison talk about that. Yes. That it's yeah, and focusing on one arrow and and to me, not mm -hmm. being at that level, I'm always thinking, how do you do that? I'm thinking about the next one or the last okay. one. Or okay, <laughs> great question for section four of my book. Okay, <laughs> you knew to ask that. We rehearsed that, didn't we? I'm telling no, you. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I have four sections in the book. The first is. Perspective, setting your archery perspective. How should you see archery? And of course, the first principle there is archery is a simple two-step action, all right? First, step one, learn to hit the mark. Step two, repeat step one. Every time we pick a target, that's what we're trying to do, repeat our effort. And of course, there's several more principles that help you do that, that I illuminate there in chapter one right. about, about perspective. And of course, present process thinking is there. And uh, section two is about preparation and how you can prepare for different aspects of the mental game that we've talked about here. Uh, section three then is about attitude <laughs> and what attitude should you have? And so I have some neat things that I've written. I wrote those in the past and I would incorporated them here to help you set your attitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fourth section though is new stuff. And that is where I develop the focus map, which is what I've created. Uh, so some years ago, uh, working with different archers, different groups, and working with our national junior dream team and Coach Linda Beck, uh, we, we struggled to teach mental game skills. And so we kept working on it. And I did a lot of research, did a lot of reading. And anyway, I, you know, a little over three years ago, I said, I've got to have a visual aid to help teach how to guide your focus because you have four or five different types of focus that you can bring to the game 
and you have to know what they are, and then you have to know when to use each kind of focus. Okay, hmm. so now we're getting into the deep stuff. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I like it. So when you're executing your shot, you use two different kinds of focus. Mind manage focus, when you're checking things off a list, yeah. like do I have my feet set right? Yes, check. Do I have the arrow knocked right? Check. And so you're checking things off a list. This is mind manage. But when you reach the final stage of your shot, you need a different kind of focus. If you want to repeat at your highest level, see there's that principle number one again. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to repeat at your highest level, how do you do that? What kind of focus? Well, it's the kind of focus that you use when you sign your name to a document. And if I gave you a pen, we'll do this after a bit, <laughs> all right? I'll give you a pen and a paper and have you sign your name five or six times in a row. And guess what? They'll all look pretty much the same. Yeah. Right? They're not exactly the same because you're not a machine. Right. But they're all pretty much the same. And what kind of focus did you use to do that? Did you think about how to make a P? I was going to say, if I do think <laughs> about it, it's usually, it messes up the whole flow. <laughs> yeah, you go, if I you don't go, think about you're, it. there's a good word. You go by flow. You go by feel. Yeah. Your signature has a feel because you've done it so many times. And you don't have to think, okay, I have to make a P here, and now I have to make a J here. Mm -hmm. No. It's a feel thing. You're aware you're doing it, all right? So your conscious mind is at work here, but it's a body, pardon me, body feel kind of focus. So you shift it away from the mind manage focus that gets a lot of steps done, and then you finish with a body feel, okay? Mm. And so I have developed a chart, a template, if you wish, based on the steps of form. And on that chart, you, I can work with a student, I can help a student uh, plot out where they're going to have mind manage focus and when they're going to shift to body feel focus. And on, on that chart, uh, we can also plot out your breathing pattern. There's a column for doing that. There is another column for when and how you load your back. Because this is the most important thing that you do to make an archery shot. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the most important physical thing you do, isn't it? Yes. It's also the most important part of your mental game. And so now you get to mm. the philosophy of, of my archery. And that is the most important part of the physical game, that loading your back and using it to, to cause the release of the arrow. That's also the most important part of the mental game. And so your mind and body can be one. Gotcha. 
and that's that's getting to this idea of the zone right yeah being in the present your mind is in the present with your body how about that <laughs> I've got lots of stuff I need to work on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's lots of stuff here. So you've been a judge now for how many years? Oh, yes, the classic thing. Yes, chairman of judges. Well, uh, since it started. Well, I, I mean, were you a judge before that uh, as well? or Only informally. Okay. Nothing but- formal. And, and Rob said that for the first one, could you help do a little judging? And yeah, okay. And the second one, and I shot the first one, and maybe I shot in the second one too. But my shooting, I had some issues, physical issues, <clears throat> back and rib connections, and so that was the end of that. But <clears throat> so then it was, uh, oh, who helped me? Can't I can't think of his name right. And there was two of us doing the judging, huh. and. Um, it rolled into more and more. You've uh, been the classic. I just did it the classic. Everyone. Yeah, uh, I missed one in 2014. Okay, because I had to be at meetings at uh, where was it? Colorado Springs. We had some meetings with NFAA, USA Archery, and and then that's when the National Training System for Compound. Uh, was, okay. was conceived the idea of writing it and Linda Beck and I did that <clears throat> oh okay but that's the only classic that I missed and I believe that was the last one held at the shooting center 14 14 yes in, you're right in 2015 then we went to the Lancaster host the host yeah, yeah. right right and it got big and yeah that's uh, the reason I asked that. I was, I was wondering if you're judging at all how that fits into your coaching, your shooting, um, your writing, all that stuff. If oh, that... Uh, oh, yeah, it's all intertwined. Um, you know, it's all archery, and, yeah, and yeah. it's part of the system of archery. <laughs> uh, and I, th- I think well, Rob asked me to judge originally and to kind of take over the judging so an employee was not doing the judging Ah, an employee was not making any final decision on an arrow gotcha and he knew but because i had competed professionally for so long i knew the value of an arrow and a call and so (laughs) I gave it a lot of weight. Yeah. uh, Yeah, so that led into, you know, when we needed more judges, I was kind of the lead guy and then the title chairman of judges. And (laughs) so so you've seen it beginning to end. What are some of the big things about the classic that stick in your mind, having seen the whole history? It's a home game here on the East Coast. You know, I never had a home game. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And, and of course, we have uh, Field Nationals uh, Mechanicsburg. Right. That's like a home game. It's only 50 miles from the house. (laughs) And I never had that when I was competing. Right. Uh, So it's, it's great. 
for all the you know the east coast the mid-atlantic region to have that tournament and uh so i see a lot of friends there yeah i've had to call friends arrows how's that go for you uh tough (laughs) tough but i had my own kids in my classroom too right and you have to step back and say okay how do i call an arrow for any other person i have to do it the same now doesn't matter that this is a really good friend right and he shot three arrows there all on the line <laughs> it has happened this happened none of them were in is that right i couldn't call any of them in. oh i felt so bad <laughs> <laughs> man yeah that that's yeah. I, I just couldn't put it in. You know, they, they weren't there. In the all the archery tournaments, I, I always hear archers talk about, well, the classic's just different. Uh, obviously, the yeah. format is a little different. But from right. your perspective, what does that mean, the classic's just different? Yeah, they they like coming to shoot it. We're, we're not quite as formal as any of the sanctioned tournaments, and you know we we try to get people we try to bend over backwards to get them to complete their score right so the first job of an official is safety all right the second right. job okay is to protect the archer's score and and most archers don't see that Right. You know, we're not there to punish. And we're there to protect the archer's score and make sure they get the highest score that they have earned by a fair and equitable application of the rules. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and so we, we try to do that. Yeah. And every now and then there's an incident that pops up and, and it's uncomfortable. Right. And... So, and of course, then I have to make the final decision. Yeah. (laughs) And there's 2,000 archers there. There's, you know, a lot riding on this. Yeah. Um, Are there any incidents that stick out in your mind? Like, oh, there's only been a couple over the years. And I mean, good or bad. It doesn't have to be bad, but just just, things that. Yeah. And there's once in a while a person is unhappy that it didn't. You know, the call didn't go their way. But, you know, we make the calls the same for everybody through the day, and the judges do a great job. And I don't get to call many arrows now that, uh, you know, I'm kind of overseeing and things. So I'm going to ask you a question that I hear asked a lot. So there's a hole in the target arrows in there and there's like a hole, you know, separating the line above. I've heard people ask about, are you supposed to recreate the line if you can't see it? How does that work from a judge's perspective? You, the arrow must touch the ring in the appropriate place for the ring. So you, you must see the ring where it is supposed to be. And so if a piece is pulled out of the way or there is no piece there, yeah. you have to recreate that ring. Okay. On the plane, 
where you know the target face is yeah you know if the the ring is curled inward that's not where it's supposed to be you have to call it on the flat surface where the target face is okay. supposed so if you to be push it in and this is a paper target yeah. if you push it in mm-hmm. it could still be in the ring you just it, didn't touch it yeah. on paper yes yes where yeah on the on the flat plane surface yeah. where the target is supposed to be Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because okay. that, that was the target you shot at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what we have to... Yeah, it, it's it's tough in the qualification rounds for the right. judges when it gets to be like end number seven, eight, and nine, and the target face hasn't been changed yet. Right. That's, that's when it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, after 10, we have... A mandatory change of target face, and then it's better. So, in the head-to-head competition, calling the arrows is really easy. Is there's new faces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have that shot-out business going yeah. there. Uh, there are always so, new targets, right? Yeah. yeah, and and the lighting is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. Right, uh, and of course, I'm I'm not down at the target calling in in the head-to-head finals i'm back you know where the shooters are which is uh a necessary job we we've got to be there uh because the two shooters on the stage there their mind is racing and it should be in what their process is they're trying to stay in the present right and they're not keeping track of who's ahead and who gets to shoot first or second Ah, got okay. So that's why we have to be very specific in our language each and every end to say, um, you know, Bob, you have choice to shoot first or second, and he'll say, I'm going to shoot second. Okay, so I show two fingers to him, and I go to the other shooter, and I say, you're shooting first. So when you're ready. You let me know, and I'll start the clock. And and we repeat that language every time. Yeah, So yeah. it's the fair game for everybody on every end. Yeah, because they don't know who's first, who's second. Yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Because they're planning to peak, hopefully. <laughs> yes, they're focused they're, in the right, present, as you right. said. Right, they're trying to stay in the present, or should be. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so thinking about through the years, thinking about that first classic, back then, would you have thought that it would ever be where it is now? Oh, no. No. And, and neither did Rob. <laughs> I, I remember it was about the third or fourth one. We were there in the shooting hall, uh, and he said, well, I... I don't ever see myself being here to say this is the 20th or 25th <laughs> annual classic. <laughs> but he said, we're going to have another one next year. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. This, yeah. is, this is which one? 20th? I, aren't we? Are we at 20? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, what we're coming up. This will be this next one. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So, and he actually had... Before that, 
he had this he called it the christmas classic mm-hmm. in the and that's the one i shot in the early 90s i, I didn't yeah. get yeah. into the classic but um he's always had a winter big winter tournament over there yeah um and just uh, just to see what yeah. it has become even from that oh yeah and is and it's amazing it's become what it has because of his foresight right. okay willingness to innovate but then the staff the yeah staff yeah. lancaster staff man that, boy do they work it's all hands on deck hey, boy do they work <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's interesting because i remember he mm. went to when we have that stage that we have now for the finals oh, he yeah. went to neem one year Yep. When he came back from that, he was like, oh, man, yeah. I got the plan now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I saw something like that in 2005 in, when we went to uh, Denmark. No, yeah, for World Indoor. Gotcha. Okay. And I was one of the four coaches for the U.S. team. Okay. And they had the finals set up, kind of like what we're doing at the Classic. Right, yeah, right. That was 2005. It was it was fantastic. How about yeah. that? Yeah. So you're coaching with uh, USA Archery. What what have you done there through your life? It sounds like you've well a lot of uh, level two, level three coach certification classes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those over the years. Uh, but then I was uh, one of the world team coaches for the indoor in 2005. Okay. Uh, at which we won how many medals? We won thirteen medals. I hey. think. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I hope you got one of each, of the, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was coaching, <laughs> but the, but the guys did. Guys and gals did really well. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand fourteen, I was uh, coached for the world uh, field archery team, and that was in Croatia. That okay. Year. So I got to go to Croatia and, nice. and assist there. Yeah. So those are two big ones, but uh, you know I do a lot of private coaching and right. and uh, teaching coach certifications and shooting schools. I do two day shooting schools still. Do you, in in your coaching and your shooting schools and all that? Would you say your specialty is the compound bow, or does it matter? Recurve compound, whatever. Yeah, my specialty, of course, is compound with the back tension release aid. Okay. Uh, that's what I always shot. And uh, so that's what I'm known for. But I started many years ago. Well, there only was you a recurve recur- bow. A long bow or recurve <laughs> bow. That's fingers on the string. Yeah. That's all there was, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no sight. The reason I'm asking is I'm wondering when you started with the compound bow. Obviously, the compounds today are markedly different. But is shooting a bow that much different today than it was in 1979? A compound bow? No. The process no. is still the same. Human body, the, yeah, the human body, the human anatomy has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and the bows today uh, shoot way better out of the box. That's what the technology has done for us. Right. They're way more consistent, making it possible for way more people to shoot the higher scores. 
Gotcha. You know, back in late 70s, early 80s, boy, we had to work on the bows constantly. You know, Dacron strings, wire cables, wood core limbs, uh, on and on. Yeah. You, you, you had to work on it. So that precipitated my book, Tuning Your Compound Bow. Which is kind of like a history book now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we added chapters over the years. You know, as new cam styles came out, we Teared you know, added some chapters. Got rid of the tear. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all of that. But no shooting is is the same. Yeah, you know, I, I have some targets that I've saved. I have one that I carry with me uh, to show people from 1982. It's a three spot target. I shot a 300 on it, touched the 10 ring once. Huh, how about that? See, that's, that score would play really well today. Heck yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, some of us guys always think, well, you know, the guys today, you know, they're, they're pretty good, but if we gave them our bows, how would they do? Right. Well, they would figure it out. Or go back and give 1982 Larry Wise a oh. <laughs> compound bow from today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, the bow I have right now, I man, was well, so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not able to do it justice. Yeah. Is there something so in specializing with shooting the hinge, is there an overriding common mistake that you see more often than not? Something that... Okay, this is the most common mistake with that style of shooting. Yeah, that's it's it's being human in today's culture and controlling. Okay, so uh, and my good friend Doc McCune always points this. Oh, yeah. We discuss this a lot about being part of the natural system. So. If you approach the bow, which is a wonderful teacher, with the idea that you're going to make this arrow go into the middle, you will get a lesson. The bow is a teacher. It will teach you, no, you try to control me and choke the life out of that grip, you're gonna get a lesson. You're not gonna hit the same place twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you have to learn to be part of the system, an equal partner with the bow, with the release aid, and give up all that muscle control in order to get consistency. Huh. I'm thinking as you're <laughs> saying all these things. Yeah. I I shoot a hinge now, and I, it was it was almost. Mm -hmm. Like one day to the next where I remember I was having trouble that when the release didn't go off, I would force it to go off. And uh, yes. eight times out of 10, bad things happened when I did that. Yes. But then when I got to where I could consistently, it would fire without me controlling it. More of them went in the middle uh, and, yeah. you know, it just right. felt like a better shot. Yeah. And, um, and you touched on chapter 10 in the book. Man, I'm hitting them all. Target panic <laughs> and yeah. target panic issues, right? And, and you know, making the trigger go off, you know, right, right, uh, or freezing. You know, there's 
two basic common types of target panic. And uh, so part of the mental game, if this is a mental issue, part of the mental game then has to be how do you deal with this and how can you learn to shoot beyond target panic? Yeah. Because you won't cure it. Right, right. Yeah. So I've always heard people say this. I feel comfortable the way I shoot at a target is I put my pin underneath mm -hmm. the yellow area on a Vegas target. Yeah. And I feel comfortable doing that. When I move it up and cover what I want to hit, that's where I get uncomfortable. Yeah, right, right. And I've heard people say, oh, you have target panic. And I was, I was no, like, I don't know, maybe I do, but I just feel comfortable when I can see it. Right. So, and the pin moves, it doesn't yeah. stop. That's, that's okay if you sight in that way and shoot that way. Um, I use a circle reticle. That's what I've heard people talk about. I, yeah. I, I wanna play and, with one of those. Uh, and the older I get, the bigger the circle. <laughs> you know, I gotta, gotta be able to see through the circle yeah. to see the gold or to see the spot I wanna hit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I was younger, I had, uh, a pin or a what what we did we cut a piece of green fluorescent knock and glued it in our scope lens ah, and yeah. so that would show up green right but then it would come off in the middle of a round <laughs> so ah. People don't appreciate the equipment <laughs> issues. Oh, I look at pictures of my setup from like 1991 mm. and it's like Come on, I remember shooting 300s with that. Yeah. I don't know how I did. Managing <laughs> aluminum arrows. Yeah. With, with swedged ends so that you had to glue on each knock. Right. Oh, now, yeah. Now, did you glue them on? I always just pressed mine on because they oh. would break so often. No, I glued them on. You glued yeah. them on. But we had that tool that took the burrs off the, the swedged end, the knock end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had to have that tool along, you, you know, go over with the tool and then on the range, out in the range, you had glue the knocks back on because you needed all your arrows. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Because, and boy, every time you pulled arrows out of the target, your aluminum arrows, you'd spun them to check to see if they're straight. For sure. Just, you had to. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so back to the book here. Yeah. So in here, you're laying out the way that people should plan to peak in archery. Yeah. Um, is there like uh, lessons in here or is this teaching you how to make your own lessons? This, well, this more, is more that style. Teaching you the concepts that you need to, to know. You already know about, but how to right. organize them better. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, all the various ones, you know, breathing patterns. Do you know breathing patterns? All right. So I outlined how to do that, what breathing patterns are with a little line graph. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, uh, try to use visual aids here to uh, appeal to the learner's visual. Uh, and that helps. Yeah. Rather than just talking about it. Yeah. The same with the focus map. That's there for the visual. That helps the learner retain and understand what to do. Oh, Ellen, and one big thing with the focus map, there's a column for where you guide your eyes. Okay. Where you're looking has a lot to do with 
what you're thinking. Because if you look down the line and happen to see some good-looking honey down there, <laughs> you're not thinking about your archery. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So where you guide your vision, yeah, that's that's all important. But apply. Uh, try to appeal to the visual learner. You you take into all take into account all aspects yeah. of of the learner and uh, yeah. I'm helping them, helping them understand the mental game. It's not mystery. Right, right. It's, it's things you're already doing, but how to organize it, understand it a little bit better. In that aspect, is there a common mistake people make? Like, is it people thinking like me, like, oh, I well, got hit the middle? They, they step to the line, and you do this. I'm sure of it. I've done it for how many years till I got my head organized? You step to the line and you run the thought lottery. You play the lottery on every shot because you're thinking about one aspect, one shot. Next shot, you're thinking of something different. Yes. You're not thinking the same thing on every shot, but yet you're trying to do the same physical steps. Yeah. The same. You're trying to do the physical the same but you're not thinking the same thoughts. That's but true. But yet you expect the same, yeah. you know, you expect the same result. Yeah. And so I guess overall, that's what I'm trying to do here is to impress upon people to do the same physical steps. That's the national training system that we teach. And then think the same thoughts. Hmm then no matter the situation, no matter the importance you place on it or what's going on around you, you do your thought plan. There's no question. Yeah. Well, I wonder what I got to do now. I'm, I'm on the stage and this other guy just stepped on the red light and he's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you have your set thoughts and you do them Every time, no matter the situation. No matter what. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking of, okay, my first shot on a Vegas round. I'm thinking, man, I hope this one hits the middle. And then if it does or it doesn't, I either think, <laughs> oh, man, on the next one, now okay, I need to hit the middle. Okay, now I got to really buckle or down. <laughs> if I hit it, I think, how did I do that? I need yeah, to do that oh, again. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Instead yeah. of having a set thought pattern, Right. That you've laid out in a focus map that you do. Yeah. Doesn't matter if this arrow is worth 20 grand or not. Or nothing. Yeah. If it's the first arrow of the tournament, if it's the last one, if it's the middle one, you think the same thing because you want to repeat. Yeah. Right? It's always back to principle number one. Yeah. All right. Of archery. <laughs> do it and do it again. Right. Learned. So we had talked before, Larry, uh, this is your seventh book. Why write this one? Because my fellow archers need to know the basics of the mental game. It's not a mystery. All right. And uh, so <laughs> I'm guessing you hadn't seen this process 
printed somewhere. No, it's uh, it's not been written down. There's there are online courses you can take, uh, other ways to to gain mental skills, but you know I'm I've written books before. I know the value of them, and so I thought. Uh, after I developed this chart, this focus map template, I thought, geez, I, I've got to get this into a book. Get the basics out there. And then, because people can do this on their own. Right. All right. So, um, yeah, I'll be doing some seminars on mental skills. You know, I have one planned out for coaches. And so okay. hopefully we'll be able to do one maybe at – like a surgery supply, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have a coaches seminar and you know an eight hour day for coaches and helping them to plan. And this is and something then, that yeah. could apply, like we, we're mentioning next week, is a, a NASP tournament. This could right. be a NASP archer, or this could be right. shooting in the Olympics. Right. Mm -hmm. Whichever yes. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anybody can make their focus map. Or bow hunting. Or, yeah, oh, particular. You get one shot. That's and what right. you think, what do you think is really important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're thinking, uh, you know, you're at full draw and the buck is there, right, and you're seeing him on the game pole already, yes. you're in trouble. Man, the biggest <laughs> buck of my life that I missed that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you already I'm had him full draw, <laughs> thinking, I can't wait to take a picture of this thing yeah. and show everybody, <laughs> and I missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... And when I don't miss is, I'm going to hit this thing right there, and he is dead. Yeah, and instead of... I'm going to make a good shot. Focusing eye vision yeah. on the rib cage. Yeah, yeah. And maintaining that. While you load your back and feel your back at yeah. work to complete the shot. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Usually, I only get that focus after I miss, and then I know <laughs> on the next time, all right, this time, don't yeah. think about that. Yeah. Now okay. we got to think about shooting. <laughs> right. Right. I know Lancaster Archery has their share of books on hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have, of course, always on my website, uh, the publisher has, uh, through their website and all their yeah. social media. Uh, it's up on Amazon also, I know. <laughs> I saw it there already. Uh, publisher did that. Um, and the publisher will have the um, e-book format. Ah, e -book. okay. Soon. I don't know when. I didn't get notification of that. Yet. For the folks who like to use a Kindle or whatever. To yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Gotcha. Right. Uh, there's some people that do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one one guy in Canada ordered a book from me, and, and I said, well, you know, the postage is going to be like 18 bucks. He said, that's okay. I hate e-books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we still have a physical Langster Archery catalog every year, I mainly know. because Rob loves that thing. He oh, likes to have something I, to sit down. I, I have it. I refer to it all the time. It is a because good, I, yeah, yeah. It's a great know, I, reference. I don't know all the equipment. Right, now. right. And so I just flip it open and say, oh, okay, that's what that rest looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or that's what that site looks like, you know. Sometimes this doesn't always load and it's uh, harder to see. And Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, folks, that is another episode of the Competition Archery Media Podcast. Coach Larry Wise, always a pleasure to talk to you, and we appreciate you stopping down here today. Hey, glad to do it. Always glad to get down. Planning to Peak in Archery. It is out there. We have it on the Lancaster Archery Supply website. Be sure you check it out. Competition Archery Media Podcast. You can find that on all the platforms where you find your favorite podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.